Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, family. It is I, Al, from the dueling club with Jen, Jen. from the dueling God, you're so <laughs> Anyway. You should have told me that this is what we were going to do before. I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, then you can't be mad at me for not knowing what I have well, to do. Well, pick it up. Pick it up. You pick it up. That's like a song. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Okay, anyway. Okay. We're a little silly today. So, yes. We're here for Harry Potter, scheduled Harry Potter stuff. Yay, Harry Potter. Hey, hey, Al. Hey Hello, dude. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. How's your life going? Uh, it goes. It goes? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I have a life that I do things with sometimes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Like what? Breathe. <laughs> Breathing is very important. You need so it to I live, think it's. So. I th- yeah, good job. Mm-hmm. Good job. I'm just closing random stuff that doesn't need to be open. Yes. So, um, like, follow, subscribe, like, follow, subscribe, all of our stuff on social media, and listen to us and stuff, and tell us we're good or bad. It's up to you. Thank you. I, I totally took your thing. You did. I, mean, I don't know how I feel about I that. I made it like five seconds as opposed to your minute. Usually mine is like 20 seconds. It's not a minute. Don't look at me that way. Anyway. <clears throat> What are we making for Thanksgiving this year? I am making the ultimate turkey from Bon Appetit again. Okay. I don't know what I'm going to make. I think I might make something with cranberries or a cheesecake of some sort. I don't know. I would very much so love a cheesecake. I was actually last night in bed like, you know what? I'm ordering cheesecake stuff. I think today, I'm go- sometime this week, I mm. might bake a sugar-free, well, not sugar-free, low-carb uh, brownie cheesecake. Okay. And I'll see how it turns out. If it turns out well, then guess what's being made? Again. There you go. If it doesn't, then I'll figure it out. There we won't go. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. After Thanksgiving. So, Al, what are you thankful for? <laughs> what are you thankful for? Dang! What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for you. Oh, that's not fair. That's like cheap. I am thankful that everybody in our family and our immediate family is healthy. Okay. I'm thankful for... Everyone in our immediate family still being able to work. True. Um, especially during these pandemic times. I am thankful that your dog and my cats are nice and healthy. And I'm thankful for my boyfriend, who is super duper wonderful and awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for my new place. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful that my car is functioning properly and gets me to and from where I need to go. Yes. And I'm thankful for all of our listeners. 
Who should like, follow, subscribe? <laughs> Who should like, follow, subscribe? Like, follow, subscribe. Thank you very much. I'm thankful for all of those things minus a boyfriend. I don't have one of those. <laughs> yes, but you have a girlfriend. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yes. I can't say thank you all minus the car thing, too. Because it's like, not the same, same. I can't say same because not the same. It's close. Uh, so, similar? It's, it's same adjacent. <laughs> That's similar. Similar, yes. I like that. I mean, that's now That's like when, when our nephew said, hey, do you have any cash on you? You're like, no, I don't. He's like, oh, you have computer cash. <laughs> You're like, yes. Yes, I have computer cash. And go. that's what we're going to call it from now on. Yep. Same adjacent and computer cash. Yes. I like it. Yes. So, we're supposed to do Harry Potter stuff. Yes. Pardon the yawn. Or don't pardon it. It's up to you. <laughs> so we're back in, in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes. This is season four, episode like 20. Yeah. We did a lot of like random side things. Because we did the three, we did the three bonus episodes. Yeah, but it came, it literally came out of nowhere. We're just no, like, let's do it. Because we were talking about the schools because we just talked about the schools. And then we talked about wands because the schools have wands, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> mine is Africa. They're just not feeling it. Mine is Africa. They're like, wands are so European. They just go, point at you and your ear falls off. Yeah. They point at you and your nose starts bleeding. Like, yeah. it's just a thing. Also, the aovacular click was just because I like to click, not because of some like weird racist thing. Don't come for me. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, come yeah, so don't take that the wrong way. I just yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't <laughs> trying to make fun of... of Tasa people, because they're the ones Which, who have the click in their Low language. key, it could be accurate, by the way. So, again, don't yes. come for me. Yes. Trevor Noah's mom is a Tasa woman, and she has the clicking language that she it's speaks. Cool. It's cool. I think it's a Tasa, something like that. I don't know. I'm uh, not making fun of them. We're not going to go there. We're going to be respectful I, I think languages in general are just really cool. Yes. We're going to be respectful of other people's... Um, Race, ethnicity, cultural identification, and languages. Boom. Covered everything. Yes, but I actually watched a Trevor Noah thing a while back where he talked about his mom being a Tassa woman and her having the the click language. I think he actually called it the click language. I don't know. Anyway, back to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Yes, Way back when, when we recorded an episode, we found out that um, there's going to be no inter-house Quidditch Cup. Yes. Because this year Hogwarts is going to be the host of the Triwizard Tournament. Correct. Um, the three schools participating are Hogwarts, Beaubaton, and Durmstein. Which actually, we saw Beaubaton students in the forest outside the Quidditch World Cup. Yes, yes, we did. Um, and we also saw other things as well that we will find out about later on in this chapter. We met someone who comes back. <gasps> yes, we did. Well, we didn't actually meet them, we saw. Yes. Anyway, well, um, Harry sent 
a letter to Sirius and then everything at the Quidditch World Cup happened and he's still waiting to hear back and we heard back at the end of the last show yes we did we heard back and he wasn't very happy about it because he's like now Sirius is coming back and it's all my fault which I mean he's right it is his fault however Sirius is doing the right thing and we met Moody and we saw Mad-Eye Moody do some pretty awesome stuff including turning Draco Malfoy into a ferret I approve. But he showed them the unforgivable curses, which are uh, Crucio, which mm. is torture. Mm. Imperio. Well, pain. Pain. But it's, it's a torture. Yeah, it's torture. It's used for torture. Mm-hmm. Um, Imperio, which is mind control, essentially. Mm. And Avada Kedavra, mm. which is death. I mean, it makes sense why they're unforgettable. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The killing curse is... Killing someone is pretty unforgivable. I mean, really. Pretty unforgivable. So, I will start. Early in the morning, Harry writes to Sirius, saying that he is perfectly alright and not to worry about him. He goes to Allery and persuades a still aloof Hedwig to carry the message to Sirius. She's so mad at him because he got snippy with her the night before. Mm-hmm. And... She cannot be persuaded to take the letter to Sirius until Harry's like, well, maybe I should ask Ron if I can borrow Pigwidgeon to send it. And she's like, how dare you? How dare you, sir? And then she begrudgingly puts out her leg for him to tie the letter around. And then it actually says that she snaps at him, like at his finger, Mm -hmm. nips at his finger a little bit more harder harder than than usual. Yes. I mean, she's just like a cat with wings. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like. Yes. Harry is certain Sirius' reply will make things better. Hermione um, remonstrates him later, claiming that what he wrote to Sirius is a lie. Harry says he does not care. He would not do anything to increase the risk of Sirius going to Azkaban again. Yeah. Like, imagine how Harry would feel if Sirius would go to Azkaban because of... Because because of a nightmare and a yeah. scar hurting, like. I mean, the, uh, even though Harry's only known Sirius for a short time, mm-hmm. he seems to have latched onto him. Obviously, that was his dad's best friend, and one of his dad's best friends, and that's his godfather. And he's hoping that if Sirius Sirius's name gets cleared, mm-hmm. that he'll be able to live with his godfather. The way that his parents probably intended. Yeah. So he's hoping for a way to get away from the Dursleys. And he knows that his godfather is innocent. He knows from the last book that his godfather is innocent. His friends know. And most importantly, Dumbledore knows. But the rest of the magical world doesn't know. So he has to wait till his godfather's name is cleared. Yep. That sucks. Right? Anyway, going back to what we were saying. Where are you? I am here. Um, Classes are harder than ever, particularly Defense Against the Dark Arts. Professor Moody is going to use the Imperious Curse on each student to teach them how to resist it. Hermione objects, saying that it is illegal. Moody responds that Dumbledore wants them to know what this curse feels like, 
and offers to excuse her from the class. She decides to stay. She gets red face and mm. she mumbles something about, I didn't mean I want to leave. And we all know that Hermione's not going to miss an important class. That's just no. not going to happen. No, she's not. So they, they, he puts everybody under it and everybody is just like hopping on one foot and making chicken noises and all kind doing... It says that Neville does very impressive acrobatics that he definitely wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Yes. And then it's Harry's turn. Yes. Moody puts each student under the curse. Harry feels euphoric while he is cursed. Um, when the little voice breaks in telling him to jump on Moody's desk, Harry thinks, but why? As the command gets more forceful, Harry both jumps and tries to prevent himself from jumping and smashes into Moody's desk. Moody is overjoyed and repeats the process four times until Harry is able to cast off the curse perfectly. So he's overjoyed because he's like, look, look, he did it. He felt it happening and he tried to break out of it and he did it. And Harry's like, well, my kneecaps are broken, but <laughs> yeah. that's cool, I guess. I'm just in a very odd motion. Yeah. Where it's like throwing yourself forward, but also like trying to pull your legs back You're so like, you don't. Yeah. That kind of hurt me just now. Yeah, and he, he, he literally, like, flew forward. Yeah. Yikes. And I get it. Again, this is another practical lesson. Um, we, we see that Moody likes practical instead of theoretical. Mm -hmm. But you can't be having your, your students' knees caps be broken. Knee caps. Yeah. I can't talk today. That's fine. Um, continue. Hold on a second. What happened? Why did I get charged 15 bucks? I don't know what you got charged 15 bucks for. I got 15 bucks. Okay. From whom? Justin Soon. I shouldn't say the name. Anyway, I will find out. Okay. We'll go back. <laughs> it, just, yeah. it doesn't matter. Justin. Okay. Anyway. Um... As they leave the class, Ron comments that Moody seems to believe everyone is about to be attacked and mentions a few As events. he's skipping every second step. Yeah, because he hasn't really broken out of the influence of the Imperious Curse, which is kind of hilarious, but also terrifying that even when the curse is broken, it's, it's not gone. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me wonder about the witches and wizards after the first wizarding war. What happened to them? What what effects did they still feel after the Imperious Curse was lifted? Did they still do evil things every once in a while for a little bit? Because some of them were under it for a while. Well, is it just a physical thing? Well, or, he, I think he was just making them do physical things because it's easier. But imagine imagine going the like double layer method in which you obliviate someone and put these memories that influence them how they are as a person and also Imperious them. Yeah. Well, I would think that they'd have to figure out whether or not their memories had been altered, what things they had been forced to do. Moody even suggests that they had a really rough time trying to figure out what happened. I would think it would be extremely difficult to even prove that you were imperious and that you weren't just being evil. Well, my feet are cold. Anyway. Yeah. It happens. It does. 
Um, <clears throat> so as they leave, Ron comments that Moody seems to be everyone is about to be attacked and mentions a few events that have caused considerable concern in the ministry. Um, I think it mostly had to do with, with Bertha stuff, isn't it? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yep. Because they found out that she was missing. Yes. Um, Poor Bertha. Yes. Harry and Ron wonder how they will cope with Moody's extra homework, plus all the other homework teachers are piling on to prepare students for their fifth year owls. Yeah. So they actually grumble at McGonagall in her class once, mm -hmm. and she's like, look, you guys have your owls coming up next year, and none of you, except for Hermione Granger, can create, can transfigure a hedgehog into an acceptable cushion. Must I remind you, I think it was like Dean or Shane, I think it was Dean, Dean, that when, that your um, pin cushion still curls up when a pin gets anywhere near it. Yep. Like, y'all don't know what you're doing. Yes, and the owls are the ordinary wizarding levels, which are like, it's like a test. And I think it's, it's the wizarding world is structured in such a weird way. Because so the wizarding world is actually structured the same way that, that the it UK is, is structured. It is, but 15-year-olds taking a test which determine their future, which if they have something in mind but they don't live up to their own standard at that time are kind of not really allowed to go for it until later in life. So it's a little bit accelerated in the wizarding world because mm -hmm. they come of age a little bit earlier too, yeah. but it's essentially that same way. Think of it like, think of... The owls, the the Wizarding World owls, being equivalent to um, SATs in the yeah. U.S. or in the U.K., like your first level exams mm -hmm. to get you to like your specializations. That's the way I look at it. Like owls in fifth year are your your SATs in the U.S. They're your SATs. And then your, um, the newts are essentially the GRE, the graduate record exam, which is what gets you into grad school. Yes. In the U.S. Well, it just, that, my issue was the timeline, 15 year old yes. having to do that. Oh, it's ridiculous, mm -hmm. but it's a thing. Yes. So, luckily, Professor Trelawney approves their divination homework, even reading sections to the class. Yeah, and they think that they're super-duper wonderful, they're amused by it, but then they realize that they did they, the they wrong did, thing. They did too well. They did too well, because now she's like, and do it for next month, too. Which is an issue, because they're running out of catastrophes to predict for themselves. I mean, didn't Hermione in the last chapter say, you have yourself drowning twice? And he's like, oh, my bad. Yep. Um, she actually congratulated them on accepting their terrible fate. Mm. <laughs> like, dang, this teacher is harsh. Yep. Meanwhile, Professor Binns, who is the history of magic teacher, which we don't see in the movies at all. He's a ghost. Yes. Is having students write weekly essays on the Goblin Rebellions. Professor Snape has them researching antidotes, and Professor Flitwick assigns three books in preparation for summoning charms. However, I just want to interject that... Professor Snape has them researching antidotes because he heavily in hints that he will be poisoning them soon. So they should really figure it out. Yep. 
<laughs> Even Hagrid gives them extra work. The blast-ended scroots are growing quickly, even though they don't uh, seem to be eating anything. They don't even know what they eat. Yes. Or if they can eat, like, one end explodes and the other, the same end on the other kind pinches you, stabs you. Yes, and then it stings you. So, I mean, where's its mouth? It has a little sucker underneath. Yeah, but that's... Okay. Alright, but... Yep. We still don't anyway. know what they eat, how they eat, mm-hmm. if they eat. Okay, anyway. Hagrid has the class record the behavior on alternate evenings. And uh, Draco Malfoy, in his ever Malfoyish way, says, I'm not doing that. And Hagrid is like, you will do what you're told, or I might take a page out of Moody's book. I heard you made a really great ferret. Yep. And Malfoy's like, fine, whatever. And I love it because the trio's like, thank goodness Hagrid said something because wasn't it last year that he basically tried to do everything in his power to get Hagrid fired? Uh Uh-huh. So good for you, Hagrid, for sticking up for yourself. I like it. Yes. Uh, Returning to the castle after Care of Magical Creatures, the trio sees and notice that Mentions that the der- that Durmstrang and Bobaton delegations are arriving the following Friday. So you know they can't bring the entire school. They're just gonna bring their best students that they think are going to do the best, if picked for the Triwizard Tournament. Yes. Ernie McMillan runs off to tell Cedric Diggory. And they're like, "Why? Why Cedric?" And he actually, Ron is the one who's like, that doesn't make sense. Why would he be Hogwarts champion? Um, But Hermione says he's a good student and he's a Hufflepuff prefect. Like that automatically makes it better. Like, of course, of course he'd be a great um, champion for Hogwarts. And Ron is like, you only like him because he's handsome. And she's like, I don't like people just because they're handsome. And Ron coughs really loudly. And the cough mysteriously sounds like Gilderoy Lockhart. Uh, <laughs> mysterious. Mysterious, anyway. right? Um, I wonder if she still has the get well card under her pillow. I mean, you know, keeps her from getting sick. I guess. <laughs> or losing her memory. Oh, Oh, gosh. You you said the thing. I said the thing. Um, The castle is cleaned the next week, and on the day the visitors are to arrive, the Great Hall is decorated with silk banners representing the four houses. The teachers are tense that some Hogwarts students are not quite up to standard. So, not just the teachers. Let's start with the caretaker. So, Argus Filch, the caretaker, he is trying to make sure that everything is up to snuff at Hogwarts. So, like... The um the suits of armor are polished. None of them are squeaky. Everything is working properly. And he's actually being such a pain in the behind about cl- the cleanliness of the castle that he's gotten two first-year girls in hysterics over it. Yep. Like, he's just being rude. And uh, McGonagall, who is usually... She, she's a tough cookie. She's not going to let people um, run her over or, like, just not listen to her. But she's usually f- pretty fair, especially with kids from her house. Yes. But after Neville transfigures his ears onto 
some random object that they're not supposed to be on. She said in a huff, Neville, please don't let anyone from Durmstrang know you can't do a simple switching spell. Poor yeah. Neville. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about Neville's situation. We've talked about Neville's situation. I just think it's unfair that he's treated the way he's treated when it comes to magic. Like, give him some, give him some extra credit stuff. Like, tutor him. There's got to be magical tutors. Like, if you're having a problem in math, they have tutors for you. If you're having problems in transfiguration, I would think that there'd be a tutor for you as well. Right? I I would assume so. Okay. At breakfast, Ron and Harry interrupt the twins, who are discussing someone who has not answered their letters. And the twins actually get pretty snippy with them and rude, and Ron's like, no need to be rude. Whatever. And they're good. Yes. Hermione mentions that the champions will be judged on how well they perform the set tasks, and that the three school heads, among others, will be the judges. So she actually mentions this because Ron, once again, is like, well, we can get into this. We've done m- m- really difficult stuff that nobody thought we'd be able to do. Um, we could do it. You know, we could we could totally do it. And that's when Hermione's like, no, but there'll be judges there and they won't um, they won't let you get away with things like that. And Ron's like, uh, the everybody, somebody says, I wonder who the judges will be. And Hermione tells them who the d- judges will be because once again, she read it in Hogwarts, a history. Which also fails to mention that the school currently enslaves around 100 house elves. <sighs> enslaves or employees? Because they can request their freedom True. and they'll be given it. Yeah, which leads into this whole thing of Hermione badgering. Ron and Harry to recruit more people for spew. And they're like, no. Okay. George said that the house elves thought they had the best job in the world. To, to her bothering. Yeah. Well, that. and that's when George is like, Hermione, have you ever been to the kitchens? And she's like, no, of course not. He's like, well, we have. And he's pointing to Fred. Like, he's going like this, like, back and forth. Mm-hmm. We have. And they think they have the best job in the world. They love being here. They love serving students. They love serving Hogwarts. Stop trying to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Hermione counters that that's only because they're uneducated and brainwashed, which... Uh, she's not wrong. Yes but and no. She, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, she's, they're, they're, they don't know any better... That's what they've lived with their entire lives. That's what generations of them have lived with their entire lives. However, they are a subjugated group of beings that have not had the ability to flourish on their own. So, of course, you wouldn't want something new if what you have sort of works for you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. But that's no reason to call them uneducated. Yeah. That's like calling people from a different culture uneducated because they do things differently than you. True. It's just like an unfair thing to say. Kind of yes. She, I think what happens is she gets so worked up about it because of the injustice of it all, which she's right about. She that kind of she goes that they're like. 
yeah. actual beings themselves. They're not just like... Uh, uh, a cause. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, the conversation actually gets cut off by the, the owls arriving, like they do every day. Owl post. Yay! And it actually, this time, includes Hedwig. Who looks extremely tired and frazzled because goodness only knows where she had to travel to get Sirius's letter and then to bring him back. Well, apparently not that far in the end because Sirius writes that he's back in the country and well hidden. Mm-hmm. He sees through Harry's recent claim that everything is fine. Nice try, Harry. And advises Harry to use different owls for future messages. Yes. Hermione agrees that Hedwig, a snowy owl, is too easily noticed. Well, obviously, because owls aren't indigenous to that part of the country. Yes. And she's beautiful, so mm-hmm. people are going to notice her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially if she keeps going back and forth to the same location. Yeah. Classes end early, and the students are marshaled outside the entrance hall. At- Which they're super happy about, because... They're like, oh, thank goodness, this it's it's during I, potions. Yeah, I would say potions got interrupted yeah. for them. I think so. potions got interrupted for them, and they're like, oh, thank goodness, that means that he won't, that Snape won't be able to poison all of us. Yep. Anyway, at dusk, Bobaton arrives in a giant flying carriage pulled by enormous winged horses, which are called Abraxan flying horses. I'm pretty sure yes. winged horses. Well, okay, so they don't even know what it is that's coming at them in the sky. Yes. And it's an enormous carriage. I, th- I think they think at first it's a flying house. Yes. Which is essentially what it is. Yeah. Be- because these horses are darn near as tall as a house. And they're pulling, there's several of them pulling this structure. Mm-hmm. And we realize why it has to be as big as it is. <laughs> because... Because once the carriage lands... Out comes the headmistress of Beaubaton, Madame Maxine. Madame Olympe Maxine. Okay, relax. We're going to say her full name. Uh, she's not that important. Think about it, she's not. She's not, but she's she's nope. in the series. Nope, she's not important. Anyway, uh, um, is revealed to be as large as Hagrid. Yes. Professor Dumbledore greets her and assures her Hagrid is quite capable of tending to the horses. Although Madame Maxine expresses some concern. Because she they only drink single malt whiskey. Yep. Which like how do you sustain yourself on single malt whiskey? Like Look, they are magical creatures. Okay. Who knows? Okay. Just like they're trying to figure out what the blast ended screws eat. Mm-hmm. And apparently it looks like Hagrid's fingers because they were all bandaged up that one time. Yes. Um we, somebody had to figure out what what these giant horses eat. Yeah, but that's it. That's my uh, issue. Anyway. Maybe they also eat hay. Maybe instead of drinking water, they drink single malt whiskey. That's a thing, I suppose. Okay. So Dermsheng arrives in an apparently derelict sailing ship, surfacing from beneath the lake. Headmaster Igor Karkaroff warmly greets Dumbledore. Then asked to proceed immediately into the castle, saying Victor has a slight cold. And th- that's where it is. Ron recognizes Victor as the Bulgarian Quidditch seeker, Victor Crumb. So, I was trying to pause you because yes. we were talking about the apparently derelict 
sailing ship. And remember, if you if you guys didn't listen to our um, episode on magical schools, we actually talked about it. It's an enchanted pirate ship, essentially. Yes. A skeleton pirate ship. Um, ghost ship. Ghost ship. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That is docked, anchored, anchored in the lake there at wherever Durmstrang is. Mm-hmm. And that in the summer, Durmstrang students will actually, in the warmer months, the Durmstrang students will actually dive off of it. Yep. Into the water. Correct. I think that's kind of cool. So I just wanted to bring it up. Um, And that's it. I mean, Victor Crumb, international Quidditch star, is... Still a student. Yes. Because Dermstring apparently goes a little beyond... Yes. The standard children that Hogwarts says, like, you graduate at 17, 18, depending on when your birthday is. Well, again, part of our, our magical school's episode was that Durmstrang is known to do things a little different than Hogwarts. They don't teach defense against the dark arts. They teach teach the dark arts. Well, it also kind of makes sense. It's a little fight fire with fire kind of thing. Yeah. They don't have the best reputation at this point because, unfortunately, a lot of wizards that, that go to Durmstrang tend to go towards the darker magic. Um... They have a history, unfortunately, because of the first Wizarding War, um, where, unfortunately, uh, Gellert Grindelwald went there, and he was compared to Hitler. He -hmm. did cool things. Well, not in the Wizarding World, but it's it's a fair comparison. Yes, it's a fair comparison. Yes. Um, but he did cruel things to other students. He got expelled for his his dastardly experiments. Like, it's kind of a big deal. And they only accept purebloods. And unfortunately, there is this bit of pureblood mania that happens within the pureblood community where they tend to be a little bit evil. Just saying, the ones who are really into it, the pureblood mania... They, they tend to go a little towards the er, side. Well, that, that's where the comparison is between him and Hitler and yes. his followers being very, like, if you're not yes. pure blood, then you're trash kind of thing. Yes. So all this to say, there are differences between the schools. So if... And if, similarities. And similarities. Pure bloods think the same. Yes. And similarities, but it would it would not be a far cry to think that... There would be other differences like how long the kids are in school, um, what kinds of things they want to teach them while they're still in school, what kind of occupations they can aspire to after school. But this is one of the differences we see. He's 18 years old. Maybe he just turned 18 years old. Maybe he started school late. Maybe because he's an international Quidditch star, he took some time off one year and has to make it up. Who knows? But he's still there. Sure. And I wonder who Ron is going to root for. Is he going to root for Victor Crumb because he's an international Quidditch star? Or is he going to root for whoever the Hogwarts champion ends up being? 
Who knows? Who knows? So what do you think of this chapter? Um, it showed um, Harry's ability to resist the Imperious Curse, yes. which is cool. Which episode was it that we talked about that you asked me the question of do I think it was innate ability or be, was it something extra? And that's as far as I can go without any spoilers. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is part of his innate ability where he just is able to recognize that feeling of this isn't real and I What's don't know right? where this command is coming from. It doesn't feel right, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah, possible. Because grown witches and wizards can't fight it. Can't fight it. And here he is, what, 14 and fighting it? Mm hmm. At 13, he could produce a full fledged Ritronus, but whatever. Apparently, something else that not a lot of grown witches and wizards can do. What else can this kid do? What else? Everything. Maybe okay. not everything. Because he can't keep Sirius from coming back. Oh. So, that's it. That's all we got? Really? Yeah. It's not a long chapter. It wasn't very No, no, it wasn't. I would love to see those horses, though. Abraxan. I would love to see the Abraxan winged horses. Whatever. Flying horses. Abraxan. Yes. Yes, a Braxton winged horse. Okay. And they look like this is an illustration. Oh, they're so pretty. They think of like horses with just these beautiful. It's like a brown horse wings. with like a really like, like pale almondy colored like manes, manes, manes and tails, with like feathered wings on them that match their their brown like like a uh, hair coat. They're huge. And they're huge. Yeah. Yes. But there you go. Ooh, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> My God. Bless you. I told this, everyone. This is, this is what they look like in Wizards Unite, which I like far less. Yeah, no. They just look like a unicorn missing the horn there. Yeah. These look awesome, though. Yes. That's an illustration I definitely like. Yes. If you want, I will send it to you so people can see it too. Yeah, I'll put it on the thing. Okay. Um... Again, I think Harmony's heart is in the right place with S-P-E-W. Spew. But I think she's going a little overboard. Agreed. She just needs to relax. Because what she's doing is she's actually... She's forced people to join and they've literally just paid to get her to shut up. Yeah. Um, it's not okay. You're not going to get people to join your cause if they literally would give you money... To get you to be quiet. Yeah. You know, your cause isn't going to be advanced if that's what's happening. And your best friends literally just paid to join to keep you quiet. They agree. Some of them agree with her, but they can't full out agree with her tactics. No. So she's going to lose interest. She's going to lose steam pretty quickly. The, the whole thing is to have people pay you to, to listen to you. Like, you know, like, they're, they're listening and they understand the cause and they give you money versus paying to have you shut up. Yes. So, yeah. Um, That's it. 
It was, uh, it, though short, it was, it's a fun chapter. Yes. Yeah, it gives you quite a bit of information, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the school's getting harder for them. It's not just Wingardium Leviosa anymore. It, they're learning some crazy stuff. They have to. You know, this this is they're getting to that point where they get to decide their wizarding future at fifteen. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of pressure. That's what I'm saying. Ooh. But they are go they have to do well. I think that this is the kind of thing that's gonna make Hermione crack up. Yep. She's already had an episode where at at the finals last year, where in Defense Against the Dark Arts, her Bogart turned into McGonagall telling her she failed everything. Yeah, and she literally broke down and couldn't finish. Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan of what that's going to do to her, but she needs to learn that grades aren't everything. Yep. I agree. Well, that's where we stand. So next episode, we get more. That is where we stand. Next episode, we get more. I wonder. I wonder if we're going to find out more about, you know, Madame Maxime. Um, if we're going to find out more about Igor Karkaroff. Yes. I want to find out more about these students because what do they know? What can they do? Like, what are their personalities? Are they going to mesh well with our Hogwarts people? I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. Yes, we will. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. It was good getting back to the book. Yes. We will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I really do like this book. I want pizza. You're going to get pizza soon. Okay, bye.